My name is Ashley Steves. I'm Philip Sitka. I'm Lindsay Belair. And, and this, this is Walk Left, the podcast. And I'm Marty Chidori. Thanks for joining us. We're going to be talking a bit about your upcoming 2013 Toronto Fringe show, Stalled. <laughs> Before we get to that, I'd like to talk a bit about uh, the theatre company, Natural Progression Theatre. We're about a year old. Samantha Piper and I came up with the idea to start... And really the basis of starting was supporting new, not only new Canadian theatre, but also new artists and upcoming artists and providing them with opportunities that they maybe wouldn't see right out of school. And that included, again, new Canadian works and as well as classical pieces, ranging from Greek theatre to all the way to Shakespeare's canon. So, and it was really really as an analysis of sorts to find out kind of where where are we now as humans? You know, where are we? How do we feel about social issues and political issues in comparison to those classical times? So um, we're still so new into the process that any kind of analysis like that, we have no data as of now, but that's kind of where our sites are set. We also have some youth outreach stuff that we want to get going on as the company kind of progresses and we, we actually establish ourselves with Stalled and the rest of our 2013 season. So we're very excited. I can speak for Sam because I know she's excited too. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's really been a huge learning curve for, for both of us. I mean, I've never started a company, let alone try to produce anything on our own before. So it's been uh, quite a ride so far. And and the first stop I get on the on that trail is stalled. It is stalled, yes. I know it's I know it's coming up as a show for this year's Fringe Festival, but it has had its own natural progression. Well, I started writing it about two years ago. I'd had the idea for a few years before that, but any projects that I'd written before that always they always had to kind of sit in my mind for a little bit before I could actually get myself to write them to see if it was an idea that I really, really wanted to pursue because my training is in acting and I didn't have a lot of training in writing. So I started writing it. I went through a few drafts with Caleb McMullen, who was our dramaturge. And I also, uh, before I put a whole draft of a script out, after I had kind of done an individual scene and I'd done my own little edit on it, before I showed it to Caleb, I uh, I ran it by Lindsay, and she gave me some feedback. So she was kind of acted as a first editor for each of the uh, the scenes in it. I heard that uh, Ashley and Samantha were starting a theater company, and when I found out that it was looking to uh, help new Canadian work and new artists especially, I approached them and asked them if they would like to do it, and they were definitely on board. And so we started off with a staged reading of it. It's a very, very physical show, but we wanted to get a sense of how the scenes worked in terms of the dialogue, because a lot of the scenes have a lot of dialogue in them. And we that way we could get some feedback from people just in terms of the overall um, the flow of the piece and how the individual scenes, which ones they liked, which ones they took to, which ones what just wasn't clear. And we took some feedback from that. We got a cast together and we did a workshop production of it that went up at the beginning of March. And that also was a way for us to get some feedback, but this time we could try it on its feet to really focus on the physical parts of it. And then that way I could do another version of the script. So this, the draft that we're using for Fringe that we're rehearsing for right now is the fifth draft. And so uh, basically from the feedback that we got, a few more little characters were added. There are more announcements in the bus terminal happening. Because the play is set in a bus terminal, it all happens in real time. And it's about the character of Guy, 
who becomes trapped in the men's public washroom at the Toronto bus terminal due to a series of wild and wacky characters and situations that come in. So basically, for this draft, we've added a few more characters, a little bit more chaos, more announcements to keep the uh, the atmosphere of the bus terminal alive in this bathroom. And we're in the middle of rehearsals for that right now, with a cast of 10 people playing over 30 roles. Yeah, and I've had toilets in my back seat for the last four months or so. <laughs> oh, there have been toilets everywhere. Yep. Yeah. 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 Just <laughs> lugging around toilets. The early stages then, when you were writing and you involved your first editor, who has now become the director of the play, tell me about your work on uh, on this script as it has progressed through its five drafts thus far. So when I when he first started doing it, like he first came to me with the idea, and he said, "Look, I've got this idea for this guy who gets stuck in a bathroom stall and this," and I was like, "Okay, what?" And uh, and he goes, "And I, I've got a name for it. It's called Stalled." And I was like. Yeah, yeah, you gotta write that. <laughs> that is awesome. So we got to work on it, and then, yeah, he'd come to me with scenes here and there, and I'd have a read, and anything that jumped out, any suggestions I thought of, throw them his way, and he'd take those and go away and do what he did with it. <laughs> so it was very much still his, just with a little bit of an outside eye every once in a while. And then I was originally going to be an actor in it, so for the staged reading, I was acting in it, and that's what I expected to be doing, and I was really excited about it. And as we did the search for the director, it just we found a few people that we really liked and everything, but it just never seemed to work out. And so he said, you know, I think I think it would be best if you directed it because you you know you've read it, you know it, you're really familiar with it. It just makes sense. And I had never directed before, and as a cast of 10, so <laughs> I went, I really don't know about this, but I'll take a risk. And, you know, I, it was one of those things where I was really interested in, I was just afraid of it, so I had to kind of separate the fear from the, uh, from the desire to do it. Yeah, I agreed to it, and we started working towards the workshop production, which was, <laughs> honestly, when I first read it, I had so much trouble seeing it. Like, it, it's just so much so physical on the page that simply reading it, I couldn't get, I could not grasp the the full picture of it, no matter how hard I tried. So it was only through working, getting it up on its feet, that I actually started to see the thing come together and come to life. So that first production was really just physically on its feet, what happens physically from moment to moment. Um, and now that we're coming back to it again, it's now more focused on the characters. We're just working at such a deeper level. So it's really evolved for me. And I have clear visions of the characters now based on what, what other actors have brought in, what's in the script. So it's just, it's really been brought to life in my mind through not just the script, but also the actors and, and everything. It needed that full progression for me to actually have a full picture of it to do any sort of directing of any sort. What is it What is it like as a playwright writing a script that isn't going to have all of the necessary bits and pieces until it's on its feet? It was it was a little bit of a strange process, but it was it was needed that it needed to go through all of these different stages to get it where it was, especially for all the physical stuff. It really helps that one of my favorite plays is Noises Off, and it really helps being able to be in a production of that and experience what it's like to have all of these physical actions have to work like clockwork because everything affects the other action. 
and it happens so fast and so much at once. So my love of that, I think, was really what kept me going through this because it was very confusing. Generally, when I've written stuff in the past, it's very much been, I just kind of start from wherever I'd like. Most of the time it's at the beginning, but not always. And I just kind of see where it takes me. And that's how it was for the early drafts of the play, because I started from literally nothing except the idea. I heard one writer actually describe writers as being in two categories. There's the architect, who uh, basically outlines the entire project from beginning to end, knows all the points they're going to hit, and then they just write it. And then there's the gardener, who basically just <laughs> kind of knows where they want to go and and just kind of sees where it takes them. And I started out stalled like that. But after a few drafts, just with the amount of physical action there is in the piece and with all the logistics that had to work out, I went, nope, got to be an architect on this one. So I actually, before the fourth draft, which is the one that we used for the workshop production, I actually had to create an outline. Okay, he's here. This prop is here. This needs to get here for this character to come in and not notice him or the prop and all of this stuff. So I had to actually map it out after a couple drafts. So there was more like tracking and stage directions yeah. in the script. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I had to go through all of the other drafts before where I was just throwing around ideas, kind of seeing where it took me to incorporate all these elements and all these particular scenarios and kind of gra- gather all of my material. And then I could kind of lay it out and go, okay, how is this actually all going to work? So there's the extra added degree of precision mm-hmm. that you actually had to put on the page. Yeah. Do you find as a director that has made things easier for you or do you find it now more challenging to work within a more rigid structure like that? It's actually made it a lot easier because there have been situations where we've gotten off track because I didn't necessarily trust that literally all the character has to do is come in and do what it says in the script and then leave. And that's enough. We've kind of been in circles once or twice where we wanted to put some more on it or you know maybe it's more like this and have fiddled with it and everything only to come all the way around full circle and go look you really just have to come in and do that and it doesn't (laughs) matter why this is a comedy it doesn't you know like there are times where it's like but why does he put this like why does he do that and to a certain extent it's important to to understand it but at at the same time sometimes it really is just follow the direction yeah embrace the, the style of it is that sometimes it doesn't need to be this big why and it simply do what the script says so having that direction in there gives a lot of clues as to how the scene should be done and what's going on with the character and everything it's it just makes it easier to mine what is actually there there's all these little moments where i've i've kind of mapped out the the necessities what needs to happen in order for it to work logistically there's a ton of stage directions written in the show but those are all specific to absolutely what needs to happen within that there's still tons of room for us to play around find fun little things with the characters and find a little bit of um, a fun blocking so there've been uh, especially this time around after doing the workshop production one of the uh, the comments that we got from most people in terms of feedback of where we could take this now in terms of uh, of polishing it a little bit more is to go a little bit bigger in terms of embracing the the wild and wacky world of the play. You know, it's we're not, even though it's set in a realistic setting that many people could actually have actually been to, the play itself is not done realistically in the sense that it's very it's very much the style of it has elements of commedia dell'arte it has sketch comedy in it and it has these kind of larger than life characters 
But because of the setting and because of experiences that all of us have had, uh, whether it's in a public washroom or in a public place or just running into different and wild characters, you know, it's it's one of those situations where I don't think we are going too big. And I don't think that even going that big is necessarily unrealistic. It's just when you throw it all together in one play in 60 minutes, all side by side, that's the fun of it. Because I think I think there is something in each scenario for everyone. And people have, have just come up with things in rehearsal for their characters where they really have embraced going that far. And so there are all these things that are complete surprises to me that I would have never thought of the character doing that, but it fits perfectly. So, uh, so absolutely. I mean, I, I wrote as much as I knew, basically, and gave that over to, uh, to Lindsay and the actors. And, uh, and now we're all basically seeing where it goes from here. Mm-hmm. So as a director going to this next stage of the play's development, what is it like with the uh, the fact that you've had some personnel carry over from the workshop stage, and how is that continuing to flesh things out? We have eight of the same cast members. We had an injury as well, so um, we had to. That's why Ash has now taken over as one of the actors. So it's unfortunate, but got to keep moving on, I guess. It's a different process than the process that it was before. The first time we approached it, it was a lot more collaborative. We didn't have a stage manager, which was a huge, huge difference now (laughs) having one. So I can actually focus on just being a director. Before, when I was trying to stage manage and direct at the same time, I relied a lot more on the actors to come in with ideas. And um, we'd run with those a lot more because it was just kind of get it done. And I was always in this get it done mode. And I think actually the bigger, the biggest difference between the two processes with the same cast was actually more me because <laughs> it was my first time directing. So it's the changes in myself as a director and the things that I've discovered in terms of being a director where I think in the first process I hid behind the word collaborative a lot because I was terrified of making decisions that might just be wrong or might be terrible or something like that. So I think I tried to kind of shirk a bit of the responsibility the first time around, just out of my own fear and just, oh my God, I've got a cast of 10. I've got a script that's like so physical that I can't see yet. I just, what do I do? It was so terrifying and huge and such just an overwhelming experience. And then the second time coming around going, you know what? No, you, you know what you're doing. You know, you know the script and having seen it on its feet and everything and having a little bit more experience coming around the second time, I was felt more ready to take on that responsibility of, you know what? It, they, there needs to be a leader. There needs to be like the, the actors bring in a lot and it's, it is still collaborative in that sense. It's always collaborative, but at the end of the day, there does have to be somebody always pulling it into the same place or pulling it back into that overall vision that's taking the responsibility that says you know what if this is the wrong decision sorry guys <laughs> but but it's it's me you know there, there are directorial choices and there are choices made by the actors so you have to be willing to accept that that responsibility which is something that i think i've come into a lot more in the second process and I felt that because of going through that process, I kind of had to fight a little bit harder the second time to let the cast understand that I was ready for that as well. Because I think you can kind of feel that hesitant 
when when a leader is hesitant, everybody feels it. Like a leader or a director or you know when that person that you're supposed to be working with is hesitant, you everybody can feel it. I think so. The second time I've discovered that and realized that I needed to step up to the plate a little bit more, and that's not going to come by just saying, "Hey, everybody, listen to me." You know, it's it's something that has to change. You have to change the way you approach the process completely because you have to earn the trust of the cast. And um, so that's been a lot of my focus in this one is earning that trust. And now we're getting into, well, why do you think she says this? Or why say it like that? And all of these deeper questions where we have to make decisions on our own, uh, like between myself and the actors. And Phil is just sitting there and sometimes they might not be quite what he wrote. <laughs> I think most of the time it tends to line up. But there, oh, there yeah. have been more times where we go home and I'm like, you know, so what did you actually mean by that? <laughs> and he's like, no, I don't think that. <laughs> I think it's, I don't know. I don't know if you want to speak to that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it is challenging. Even when uh, a decision or an interpretation or is going in the direction of what I was thinking of when I wrote something, it is, it is very challenging to go into a rehearsal process and just focus on being an actor. I can worry about being a playwright if, if a line comes up that we would like to change or an actor has a question in terms of, can I say this a little bit differently? And then I go home and I, I figure it out and I take a look at it. But in rehearsals as an actor, when I'm on stage, it, it is challenging sometimes, even when things are going in the direction that I meant them, to just let it go and trust that it'll get there. Because every single time that I've been able to trust that, inevitably it does end up where I was headed. And again, it's not like I had all the answers. We're discovering stuff all the time. And these actors and uh, Lindsay, they're bringing so much stuff into it that I couldn't have pictured ahead of time. So I think it's important for me to have been able to kind of keep my nose out a little bit because to allow that. So, but in terms of the stuff that I had kind of nailed down in the script, that comes through and they've got it. And if there's one, if there's one or two times where it's a little a little strange or something doesn't quite feel right, then uh, Linz and I just talk about it after rehearsal and kind of figure out where I was coming from or or why something is not working. And there have even been times where I they completely got what I was intending and it and it still didn't work. So we changed it. <laughs> so <yeah. laughs> so it's, it's been a little bit of a, a challenge, but it's also been really, really amazing to watch and be able to trust that the project will it will continue in the way that it needs to and and to see all the stuff that they bring to it that I never would have thought of it's just it's fantastic I think the most amazing thing about that is that sometimes we do go down the wrong path and it takes a while to realize we took a wrong turn somewhere and backtrack but what we find or what I've found is that we find so much down that path that we can then bring back with us that enriches uh where we were intending to go in the first place mm -hmm. that we wouldn't have gotten had we not taken a wrong turn <laughs> stalled part of the 2013 toronto fringe festival thanks so much for joining me guys thanks for Thank having us so much for having thanks for listening to the podcast if you have an upcoming Toronto-based performing arts project or production, I want to talk to you about it. Visit walkleft.ca. <laughs> Can it end with cackling? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>